0: Welcome, everyone, to All About Windows Phone Insight Podcast 151. We're recording this on Thursday, the 27th of August. 2015 I'm Steve Litchfield with me Rafe Blanford
1: yes hello everybody time for another of our weekly podcast we're kind of getting back on to schedule now that the uh, summer seems to be truly over Uh, here in London it's been raining buckets the last few days so
0: it's feeling suitably appropriate time to do some podcasting Absolutely, and if I sound a tiny bit distracted during this podcast, we're doing. I, I'm I'm living permanently in beta stroke alpha stroke preview land, Rafe. I've got the the Windows 10 mobile preview on about five different phones now, and on on my right here, I've got a Windows 10 laptop also running the very latest tech preview of Windows 10 on the desktop, um, and that's having all sorts of problems. So, and someone in America is actually controlling it from Microsoft Tech Support. So it's all happening around me here. It's very exciting.
1: Oh, You're yeah, living the dream, Steve. Indeed, indeed, indeed.
0: Uh, Hopefully people will have appreciated I'm living the dream on behalf of them on the articles on the site. I've now done the Windows 10 mobile uh, living with it articles on both the 9.30, i.e. the top end, the 8.30, the mid-end, and now with the 6.30, which is kind of the lower, higher budget end, if you like, and in each case uh, reporting on performance. And I don't know whether you saw my latest six thirty one, Ralph, but it's uh, it's pretty smooth, really. I know the screen's a lower resolution, but uh, with only a, a... Half a half a gig of RAM. It actually runs not too bad.
1: Yeah, that's right, and it does seem to have improved with some of the earlier builds. Because I can remember trying it; it was actually on a six thirty; it was a similarly spec device, and it was a little bit sluggish. And you know, it's said at the time that it was probably because it was you know hadn't been optimized for that particular device. But one assumes as the builds go on, that sort of being improved slowly. And it does seem that these sort of five twelve megabyte devices that aren't the very oldest kind of Windows Phone 8 devices are are going to be okay. Um, the usual caveats will apply in that um, it's not necessarily going to be every single piece of functionality, and I suspect that'll be more true going forward, because, of course, um, with Windows 10 Mobile, what we're expecting to see is a bit of a change. There won't be these big, major releases in quite the same way. There'll be a lot more going into the the apps and things like that. So it'll be interesting to see... How long those older devices uh, keep up, and it was interesting to see your living with uh, articles, the whole series actually. Steve, it, it kind of brought home to me how Windows 10 Mobile now does feel ready for prime time, which is probably, as we were saying last week, right on track. Given that every indication now is we'll see the kind of the first devices launching, and I use that word first devices sort of with uh, a, a kind of asterisk, if you like, um, in October, but. You know, it's all a positive sign, I would say, wouldn't you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, although of course, I would caveat all my articles with the fact that the current latest bill, 10512 does have this rather annoying lock screen stroke start screen delay bug whereas every single device you, there's kind of this latency before you get going uh, or go back to the start screen which kind of obscures any other kind of latency so although i would say this performance is smooth in all these devices until they've got rid of that bug in the next build then we won't really know for sure but i i would say that i'm optimistic and that there are a few glitches i noticed today for example the, the new version of netflix doesn't work on windows 10 mobile which is rather annoying because i watch that rather a lot Um, So there are loads of things being sorted out, but I would emphasise the timescale. Now, we've talked in previous podcasts, Rafe, that uh, I, I was guessing there'll be an event in September, uh, and then the actual the new flagships available in October and then maybe the over the air updates to Windows 10 Mobile would start rolling out in November. Keep up at the back. Um, we're now hearing that Clever Money is that the the big launch event for these uh, the City Man and Talkman of, of devices of which more in a moment um, is now going to be possibly in October, which means that everything slips by a month. So in, in actual fact, to to actually perfect these over the air updates and get the Windows 10 Mobile finalized, they're actually looking at sometime in November, which means we're still a good two or three months' worth of development and tweaking ahead of us. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I'd even
1: be a little more pessimistic than that and push it back into the, the new year. Um, it, it does depend. I mean, we're kind of basing it off previous performance of um, you know, when there were updates for 8.1 uh, and the like um, in, in, in the past. Uh, I think while we're talking about this subject, Steve, there has been kind of uh, some news from Microsoft about the list of supported devices I think there's a very big one here, which in in one sense is a really big deal. In in another sense, actually perhaps not such a big deal because the number of devices that it actually impacts on is going to be relatively small. But I'm imagining you saw this thing about the 4 gigabyte devices
0: yeah, I actually reported on this because it kind of confirmed something I'd, I'd found in pre- my previous testing that I could just could not get the insider's preview on the 530. That literally was not enough space. And now Microsoft have come out and said that uh, it's, it's not going to be supported. Interestingly, on another page, they do say that. It, you, you can actually run windows 10 mobile on a four gigabyte storage device but i'm imagining there they're talking about literally relaying the firmware from scratch via a pc or some kind of wired connection or even via you know ssd some some technique thereby so certainly for everyday users with a 530 and four gigabyte internal of course also applies to the hdc8s and i think perhaps a couple of the, uh, the the lesser name known manufacturers devices they will have all sorts of problems and i imagine those will be excluded from any kind of over the air update at least
1: yeah i think that's right i mean uh, microsoft on various spokespeople and on a couple of blogs have uh, made plans so they're going to try and get every alumia device upgraded um read that what you will i think you have to look at the officially supported list for the time being uh, it's also interesting to note not surprisingly really that the more recent devices are going to get the update first so that's things like the uh, 640 and the 640 xl and then kind of going back Not quite in time order, but very close to it as you go back. And so devices like the 920, for example, and the 820, which were those first-generation Windows Phone 8 devices, look to be at the back of the queue. I guess that makes sense because there's likely to be less of them available on the market and people will have upgraded them and maybe using them as secondary phones. Well, occasionally you still see the uh, uh, 920 I would imagine the 1020 is sort of falling into that category as well. So it's not just the low-end device where we're seeing news about this, but certainly um, things like the HTC 8S, as you say, with the four gigabytes of memory, that's really um, not going to be updated, I think, in all likelihood. Uh, With regard to some of the Lumia devices that aren't on that list, as you said, there's... um, some kind of four gigabyte versions of it. There are, of course, some also some eight gigabyte versions of that variant. It's not quite clear what's happening there. But I think probably the assumption would be if you've got a Lumia device, That's got eight gigabytes of internal memory. It's probably a good bet that you'll get the update, even if you're kind of not on the official list. And as I say, go and have a look at that. There's actually so many different variants now, as you may remember, Steve, that there was actually a specific 530, eight gigabyte version, for example. Um, And there's then the things like the 535, of course, as well. Um, It's not really a surprise. I mean, uh, you've actually called this one right. I was trying to be a bit more optimistic about it and say, you know, Microsoft said, all oh, Windows Phone 8 device, that means everything. Um, but actually, reality has uh, kind of hit home a bit. So next time uh, we're talking about updates, listen to Steve more than you listen to me.
0: Uh, nonetheless, <laughs>
1: you know, it's still the majority of Lumia devices, with the exception of that 530, which, of course, uh, you know, there were an awful lot of.
0: Yeah, the 1520 is an interesting one because running Snapdragon 800 and of course almost identical internals to the 930, which is on the list. So I, I, I'm, I'm guessing the 1520 might have special treatment in the fact that they were using that a lot to, to work on continuum, et cetera, et cetera. And maybe the 1520 is being treated as a separate case, i a a device that is actually continuum compatible and will be kind of treated separately internally at Microsoft. Well, that's, that's kind of interesting. Either that or maybe they just didn't sell very many of them.
1: Yeah, I think it, it it's difficult to know because it, the 1520 certainly didn't get pushed in the same way that something like the 925 or the 930 did. Uh, I think we've said before, it's actually one of the finest Windows phone devices, especially if you consider it in the context of when it was launched. Um, as we suggested last week, maybe it was a bit on the big side screen size. But yeah, it, it, it's peculiar to see that. But generally, I think it's safe to say that Microsoft will have prioritized this on the basis of the people it thinks is going to update And, of course, you know, the number of devices out there, um, which is why there's probably more emphasis on the mid-tier and the high-end devices. Typically, it'll be more likely to update. But, uh, yeah, I guess a lot of 520 and 530 users might be feeling a little bit cheesed off by this uh, because the uh, implication earlier on was certainly they'd be getting the update. On the other hand, I do wonder how many of those people uh, are genuinely thinking, oh, I really want to get Windows 10 Mobile on my handset right now, when they may have paid, you know, £49 or you know, something around that figure, maybe up towards hundred pounds depending on when they bought it. Um that don't get me wrong, unquestionably there are people who will be very annoyed by this who own that device. But compared to, you know, if you announce the same thing for 930 users, you know, I think it's a different category. Um and honestly if you have one of those devices, uh I, I sort of have sympathy for you and it's kinda of, it we feel like we do this every time there's a big software update, you know, it feels like someone gets done over um But it's kind of what happens. And given the kind of the size or the scale of this update in terms of the new features, it doesn't really surprise me that this happened. I don't want to be too defensive of uh, Microsoft about this, but I have a certain amount of sympathy for both sides, if you like, Steve.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I should also notice that if your device is not on these lists and doesn't appear to be getting the over the hour update within a reasonable amount of time, there is always this insider's preview whereby at any point, including now, you can jump in and try and try Windows 10 Mobile for yourself and get basically the latest version, whatever that might be. Um, I should also point out that the 1020, which is another device that many of listeners will own, is also a special case. I have, did a feature about a month ago looking at the implications of what. Uh, te- Windows 10 Mobile might bring for that device and whether it'll get forgotten, what what the downsides and upsides might be. I, th- I think I will revisit that in about a month's time. I'm still veering towards the opinion Rafe, that the 1020 might even be best, best left on Windows Phone 8.1 because of the uniqueness of the uh, you know that the Lumia camera on that device and the pure view oversampling I think if you if you try and go with the Windows 10 mobile camera and try and go with some of the defaults I think the 1020 might actually come a bit of a cropper so that might be one device to, to deliberately leave on the older version of the OS.
1: Uh yes I'd agree with that because there's so much of the custom in the imaging stack on that device. It's certainly worth thinking about, and I would suggest that a lot of people who have a 1020 may well have a, a second device, certainly by this time. I mean, there are some people I know who still use it as a primary device, uh, but it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because you know when you can pick up the 640, for example, or 640XL for you know £100 or a little bit more than that and get that as a Windows 10 device, I would make the argument maybe do that and preserve your 1020 as the camera or it's time to the update. You know, what you get from upgrading that device to Windows Mobile 10 is probably uh, not worth it in terms of what you could potentially lose. I guess it's something we'll try and look at if we can when the time comes along. But um, I suspect Steve may well be one of those people who wants to keep his 1020 on 8.1.
0: Yeah, and I'm, I'm especially fortunate, as regular listeners will know, I do have two 1020s, So one of them can be running the latest, greatest Windows to mobile and one can be on the safe uh, 8.1 and I can compare the two directly. So hopefully I'm in a unique position to write these sort of articles.
1: The poor sacrificial lamb of the 1020. Steve <laughs> so will have to choose which is favourite 1020.
0: So that's going to take a while. Leaving aside Windows 10 Mobile just for a moment, Rafe, I did write an article, and I'd you, like your take on it, on about the fact that I, th- I can contend that Windows Phone and Windows 10 Mobile is... Uh, much more secure than Android. You work in a cross-platform environment, so you've heard all about these Android vulnerabilities and scare stories. And uh, it's Android is very much the symbion of the modern age, really, in terms of its extensibility and openness, which is good in some senses. Every application that ever existed is actually available on Android, but there are also dangers that come along with that. And... Uh, if you, if, people who've read the article, hopefully they'll agree with my assertions that partly because Windows Phone is a, a lower installed market base, and is a, a smaller target, and partly because it's more locked down, I contend that actually it's a safe t- choice if a business wants to get um, smartphones and they can't necessarily afford a £700 iPhone for each employee, that actually choosing a £150 Windows Phone or Windows 10 mobile device is a pretty darn secure option. Yeah, it's an interesting one, this.
1: I mean, I do tend to see the three platforms on kind of a sliding scale, with Android and iOS at uh, the two extremes, and Windows Phone sitting in the middle on a lot of things. And actually, security is no exception. And the kind of you know, quality assurance that gets done by the review teams putting apps through the App Store, but you, yeah, inherently Android, by being more open, is, is more vulnerable. And certainly for some of the social engineering and side loading of apps, there's, I think it's fair to say it's more vulnerable. I mean, it, in one sense, I think. Windows phone is made safer by obscurity almost. The fact that it's not very popular um, is one of the reasons it doesn't get targeted so much. And I suspect there are the kind of zero-day vulnerabilities. And, you know, Windows on the desktop is a good example of this. There, there are plenty of holes that get found and because it's so popular and there's so many devices running it. You know, people are going after it and like going after Microsoft. But the sort of more wall-garden approach, or certainly the more sandbox approach of Windows Phone, and this will apply mostly to Windows 10 Mobile as well. Does arguably make it safer than Android, and it's certainly closer to the iOS model. Although I would say probably not quite so locked down in, in that respect. Um, but it, it, it's a bit of a reverse compliment in, in some ways, saying that because part of the reason it's not targeted is because it's not very popular. I don't think we should you know, pretend otherwise. Um, but if you look at the various security models, yes, I think it's fair fair to say that Windows Phone is you know, um, is safe. And you called it by virtue of the small install base. I would say also just from a technical point of view, if you look at the things like secure boot and uh, some of the security policies that are in place on Windows Phone and uh, Windows 10 Mobile do arguably make it safe. And it's one of the reasons um, why some enterprise companies and I'm making very broad generalizations, kind of prefer it. That's also because it fits in with all the kind of Microsoft systems like Exchange, for example, and you know um, a lot of the uh, device management stuff. That kind of equally applies to the very fact that Samsung, for example, has to have a product like Knox, and there are equivalents from other platforms as well to kind of make them secure and then makes a big deal when they get certified to certain standards and get signed off for government usage or financial or legal usage, yeah, I think says a lot about this. Um, but I, I'd probably, at the same time, recognise that probably iOS has, has stolen a bit of a march over everybody here, uh, and is the most secure. But yeah, it's a, it's a f- fair article. It's something that probably Windows uh, and Microsoft don't really get enough credit credit for. And given there's so much scaremongering around Android, and when I say scaremongering, you know, every vulnerability gets blown up to be a big deal. And uh, it's as with um, kind of desktop computing, if you follow sensible steps and precautions you you should be relatively safe. Um, but I suppose it's always that sense of vulnerability or it could happen to me even if I follow all the rules or, or I make one mistake that does leave some people nervous about Android. And of course, you know, it is quite possible for, for doing things like sending premium SMS or making premium rate phone calls or turning things on and off in the background, you know, getting Trojans onto your phone because it's, you know, got a device with lots of sensors, cameras, microphones, et cetera, as well as a lot of personal data on it. it's arguably even more vulnerable or even more dangerous than having your PC compromised.
0: Yeah, absolutely. When I'm browsing the web on an Android smartphone, which I do quite regularly, um, you always feel a tiny bit vulnerable. What if I'm going to a page that has to drive by vulnerability pr- probing of some, some sort. There's always that worry. On a Windows phone, I have to say, uh, I, especially with Internet Explorer, which is comparatively less capable, you can kind of hit any page <laughs> in the entire internet and know that nothing's going to really go wrong. Uh, at worst, you get a blank page, which is what happens when it goes to quite some quite normal pages. <laughs> you get a blank screen, but uh, you're certainly not going to be uh, vulnerable and not going to have your phone taken over or any personal data compromised.
1: Uh, and honestly, I think most people listening to this podcast, it's not a problem for... But you can see on an Android device, you may get prompted to download an APK file. And if you've experimented and you know turned off the only install from trusted uh, sources sort of thing, it's not difficult to see how someone might accidentally install some rogue piece of software onto their Android phone. Doing the same thing on a Windows phone device or an uh, iPhone is essentially impossible. You'd have to try really hard to kind of sideload it or have jailbroken something. It's a much more obvious process. Uh, and, and not just that, you know, the concept of side loading apps on Androids, particularly in some markets where there's either not so good access to the Google Play Store or um, I guess it would be uh, illegal software is a lot more right? you know, The concept of side loading is, I think, a lot more mainstream. And so that's another reason. And that's where I say it kind of gets into some of the social engineering side of this sort of thing. People kind of regard it as acceptable. So when something like that happens, they won't be particularly bothered. If there was something like that appearing in Windows Phone or iOS, I think you'd be a lot more worried about it just because you weren't expecting it. Um, Having said that, there, I am sure, um, just as likely to be bits in Windows Phone and iOS, uh, and perhaps even more so given their closed source nature, where you can send a particular SMS format and it will reboot the phone. We we had that with iOS recently. But those kind of problems tend to be more about locking up the phone, making something reboot, rather than the kind of the stealing of data or running up uh, big bills. I mean, technically, I suppose it's possible once you are are able to take over the phone, but in terms of the things we see out in the wild, yeah, and there's no doubt Android's more vulnerable.
0: Yeah, of course, I have my own strategy for stopping uh, malware running up big bills. I use pay-as-you-go SIMs. <laughs> so when the credits run out, the bad guys are out of luck. But that's my that's my top tip. <laughs> it's not practical for everyone. Uh, let's move on, Rafe, to uh, some kind of sexy, if I may use that word, exciting uh, leaked news that today. Uh, we don't often put, post leaked information and leaked images on, on our site. But in this case, they did seem to be um, official press renders uh, obtained by E. V. EVLeaks, uh, who, of course, uh, is quite famously... I think he's fed press images by the various company just to create anticipation. In this case, it's uh, the the well known code names Cityman and Talkman, referring to the nine hundred and fifty XL and nine hundred and fifty, or maybe nine hundred and forty XL, nine hundred and forty, depending on who you talk to. Um, what did you think of the design language they rave? Because I'm looking at the images now. Um, the specifications we've we've covered in several articles in the past on the site. We'll link to them in the show notes. Um, but for for these well i use the word flash flagship in quotes because that's what everyone was expecting but to my mind they've kind of gone with the 9 um, 4, uh, 940 xl Oh, sorry, that the 640 XL design language, I that polycarbonate fairly matte finish, um, fairly robust body, with of course the facility that the entire back can come off and you can replace the battery, which of course is something that myself and many other people do appreciate. But at the same time, those people who were looking for a, quote, flagship, as in very premium, very expensive, let's try and compete with the Galaxy S6 and the iPhone 6, I think that they're a bit miffed and disappointed, and I, the only saving grace I can come up with for your deliberations and thoughts, is the fact that I expect these to come in at a significantly lower price, and we'll come to that in a moment.
1: Yes, these were interesting. I I don't think there's any reason to suppose they're not not genuine it looks like. The uh, real McCoy and certainly uh, Epileaks has a pretty good track record in this regard. Uh, And you're right, I was kind of a bit surprised because I was thinking maybe we'd see a continuation of that 8.30, 9.30 with metal around the outside and potentially the polycarbonate back. But yes, it owes much more to the, the 6.40. I mean, I would say you can't actually tell until you see them in person what they're like, and there may, there may be something that makes them feel a bit more premium. They certainly look thinner than previous devices, and so I think that in itself you know, and, uh, adds a sort of sense of higher end uh, to them. But yes, uh, I think that there are going to be a few disappointed people out there. I also, you know, just looking at them, I'm not sure they quite have the pureness of some of the earlier uh, lumia designs but i'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt until i've seen them in person actually it was more the the 950 with a camera lens with it looked like some kind of silver surround on it just looked a little bit um tacky tacky naff maybe um <laughs> it, it as i said I, you know discussing leaks is kind of you're in a hiding to nothing because you don't really know what they're actually like in person and you know i kind of um would have preferred to see something like the Lumia branding on the front, but we've got the Microsoft and then the kind of the four squares logo on the back. Um, what's interesting to note is on both devices, there kind of appears to be a camera hump. So that does kind of lead me to think these devices are probably thinner uh, than we may realize from looking at these pictures. And that may be what adds a sense of premium. And to be fair, you know, you go back to something like the Nine Twenty um and some of those other high end uh, Lumia devices and they did feel really premium in quality. And is it, it maybe a good thing to actually stand out and be a little bit different rather than to, uh, you know, these metallic phones of which there are many. And, you know, you think about the iPhone and then kind of some of the Sony devices, the HTC device and, you know, Samsung's moved away from plastics, although I'd say they're very different plastics. And actually that polycarbonate body that feels like just a, a unibody um, it looks like it may not because, you said, the back comes off, but it certainly feels incredibly solid in the hand. Actually, it, it's kind of a signature uh, for Windows Phone and Lumia, so perhaps not a bad thing. Um, and then you, you come on to the pricing point, and you've speculated a bit about the pricing haven't you, Steve?
0: Well, yes, I was trying to imagine what it might be. Now, at the bottom end, we've got 640, the 640 XL, which I think are around, let's call it 120 and 160 for the sake of argument, something in that range. Uh, and very good value they are, too. Um, at the top end, we've got competing devices that create, you know, as you say, metal-bodied, uh, premium in, in capital letters from the likes of the iPhone and Samsung and Sony and HTC, all significantly more than £500. Pounds. So it's got to be somewhere between those two extremes. Um, they, they have got – there are obviously higher specifications here than the 640XL. But in, this is, the general build, the general design is in the same ballpark in terms of materials. So if you take the 640XL um, and then bump up the internals and allow for that, I'm, I'm going to guess – this is a finger in the sand – I reckon the 950, which is the Talkman, the, the, the smaller and cheaper of the two, will come in at 300 pounds – and the nine hundred and fifty XL, maybe three hundred and fifty, maybe a bit over that. Um, I, I, I think, I suspect, I'm underestimating the price slightly, but hopefully by not very much.
1: Yeah, I mean, as you said, if it if they did come in at that price, is uh, I think a lot of the critics would be silenced, and actually, yeah. it puts a real marker down in the sand for for Microsoft, and you know. Honestly, I think high-end devices are going to head this way. Now, there's always going to be some exceptions, but I do expect a lot more devices in the future to sell at this price point, not least because kind of operator subsidies are becoming rarer um, and, they, and that kind of thing will continue. I would suggest you're probably about £50 pounds off. So I think it might be more like 350 and 400 Um, But that would be launch pricing. And so, on the high street after a few months. Perhaps the 300 and isn't so far away. I mean, I'm thinking about the 640 and the 640 XL here, uh, and I, I can't remember the exact pricing, but it was something like 150 or 175 and then 200, 225. Yeah. Uh, and they, as you have say, have come down quite dramatically. And it does depend on the market you're on and um, whether the operator is giving some small subsidy or, or not. Um, but looking at the specifications, uh, and looking at what's available elsewhere, and actually, uh, kind of, it, it brings to mind some of the um, Chinese devices from Xiaomi. i um, actually Honor. Who, the Honor Seven, the launch I went to today, actually, and they're selling quite high spec devices at a couple of hundred pounds. So it's not unreasonable to think that Microsoft, you know, adding on a hundred pounds to allow for some extra features and for sort of, you know pricing that's a, a little bit more about the experience and less about the value, you know. It, that's not not unreasonable. Um, there are, of course, room for surprises here because you know, things like the quality of the screen and the kind of the resolution can have quite a big impact on the you know, bill of materials. We don't know much about the camera. I mean, we think it's a twenty megapixel unit, but we don't know whether that's a, a new sensor or something that's going to be a bit more expensive. There's uh, talk of kind of iris recognition for Microsoft Hello, kind of the equivalent to having a, a thumbprint um, on you know, various devices does that add an appreciable cost? I think in that case, it should be pretty small. Um, So, yeah, I I, I think actually Microsoft and the Lumia line has a bit of form here because all of the, the kind of flagship devices, certainly in the 900 series, have been kind of a mark below the highest end devices. So if we think about the, 930, for example, it was about 100 pounds off the, you know, the big flagships. It was you know 450 rather than 550, and that's actually gone back in the past. I think that actually might be even more true this time. And so you know, we've been talking about the, the prices there. It wouldn't surprise me if we're still out of it and we're just being a bit too optimistic. But even at, say, you know, 350 and 450 or something like that, they would still be very competitively priced. Uh, and particularly if the design, as like I say, that there's a few feelings that make me think, mm, this feels a bit shoddy or a bit naff. But often, to be honest, I've seen press renders and leaked things and thought, I don't really like the look of that, and then it turns out that I really liked it. Um, and so until you see them in person, you can't really pass judgment. And I think one of the the, the best examples of that is actually the uh, 830 and the 735, both of which, when I first saw it, mm, they, not really sure about those, but actually ended up being two of my favourite devices in terms of the design and the way they felt in the hand, uh, and that goes right back to kind of the fabulous design language, the original kind of N9 and the Lumia 800. To uh, so say, I, I just wonder whether you know, with all the changes that we've had, and Microsoft acquiring Nokia and then the various job losses, whether some of the designers have moved on and some of that you know, deft touch with the you know the finished design feels like it might be lost i think maybe reading too much into that and it's it, it is the ugly camera on the uh, 950 that's making me think that because i look at the 950 xl and it, can, it kind of goes away but uh, we'll have to see i mean that's a very long-winded way of saying not really sure yet steve
0: <laughs> okay i mean in my opinion the the price has to be the the biggest selling point because we've got a very competitive very very competitive marketplace You've got samsung the, the new galaxy s6 the s6 edge and various variants yes the the, uh, the the new note 5 for example these are all ultra premium devices and they're obviously very expensive the iphone's exactly the same um and and Microsoft have got to come in and compete with that. And on the shelf, they've got to say why would someone go for an unknown, quote, unknown um, device from Microsoft running this operating system they're not entirely sure of because they've basically been using Android for the last three years? Um, why would they give this a chance over, say, a Galaxy S6? And the answer surely has to be not all the wonderful tech inside that you and I both appreciate and, as you say, the things that might bump up the bill of materials. It has to be, hang on a minute, this is £250 cheaper. And it's offering a QHD screen and and everything else I want. OK, maybe I'll give this Windows 10 mobile thing, uh, thing a punt. And I, that's where I'm thinking. I'm just dreading Microsoft launching this at, say, 430 and 499. You know, close enough to things like the Galaxy S6 that people think, well, hang on a minute. I'd rather have a Galaxy S6. Uh, Android and Samsung are two names I know. and I'm not going to give Windows 10 mobile a punt. Uh, at three hundred and three fifty, or three fifty and three ninety-nine, maybe then I think there's enough of a price differential that the price itself, um, not for the first time in Windows history, becomes the selling point.
1: Yeah, agreed. And the thing is, I think it's absolutely something that seems a reasonable thing to do because I've been using the eight thirty essentially as my main device, and I really haven't you know, missed having you Know what would it essentially be a high end, end device because it was able to do everything I wanted to do, it had a very good camera on it, the screen was good enough. And sure, when I use something like a, you know, a Galaxy S6 Edge or an iPhone 6, I, I appreciate it being really nice, but there's just not enough value there for me justifying buying it as a, a personal device. And you know, these are obviously going to be a step up over the 830, um, and so. We've been talking about this for a while, haven't we, Steve? That actually the mid tier becomes the kind of the new valuable valuable device because it's that combination of value and features that just seems to work. And I think all the other devices we're seeing, you know, the the reason that you know Samsung has suffered a little bit in the last year in the face of Xiaomi, Huawei, and you know, ZT and a whole bunch of the other firms is because people are able to get what feels like a pretty high end experience for a lot less money. And so maybe you know, it's actually the the smart thing to do. And as you say, it will certainly make it stand out a bit from those home devices. So wait and see. But I, I'm you know, pleasantly um, surprised by this. And I actually think it, it might be uh, cleverer than a, a I've thought now that an opportunity to think about it.
0: But I want to tear you away from this topic, Rafa? We want to get uh, through a few <laughs> more stories before the end of the podcast. Um, a new Windows 10 mobile device has been announced. This is exciting. Uh, the French brand Arcos. They've usually specialized in media players and tablets and so on, but they have done a few smartphones. They've just announced the Arcos 50 Cesium. Um, There's also an Android version as well, showing that they can do dual duty on their hardware. The uh, 50 Cesium, I presume to be announced and and available in a couple of months' time, is a Snapdragon 210 chipset. So we're looking at sort of a Lumia 535 performance, a gig of RAM though, which is good. A 5-inch 720p display, 8 gig of internal, good, plus micro SD, 8 megapixel rear camera and a 2100 Milliamp hour battery, so distinctly um, lower mid range or upper budget specifications. I'd put this in the same class as the sort of six Lumia 640, Rafe. Does that sound about right to you?
1: I think maybe with given that it's running the Snapdragon 210, uh, which admittedly we don't have much experience of on Windows Phone, uh, it, it may be slightly lower than that, maybe more towards the 530 or the 540 series. Yeah. Um, but it's an interesting one. I mean, I feel this is a bit of a swiss announcing it as a, a Windows 10 mobile handset because yeah, it will be in due course, and presumably when it comes out of the market, it's going to skip Windows Phone 8.1 altogether. Um, but actually, this is just another example of one of those sort of second, third, or fourth tier, depending on the way you see it, Arcos manufacturers doing one of these reference designs off Windows Phone. But I suppose encouraging that actually it's been obviously continued to be updated and that there's now going to be a version for Windows 10 mobile. But you know, you look at some of the other specs, and, you know, there's actually a few things to be positive about, you know, the gigabyte of RAM, uh, a 720p display, you know, it's got the uh, 8 gigabyte of storage rather than cutting that down, micro SD and it's, it's, a, it's quite quite a bit to like there and compared to some of Arcus's first efforts on Windows phone, I feel that this is a bit more of a rounded device and I think much will depend on the software integration, as you've commented when reviewing these kind of devices in the past. But, yeah, for £99, and presumably that will drop down a bit once it reaches the high street, it could be an interesting option uh, for a Windows 10 mobile device, especially if Microsoft is sort of cutting the number of devices it's doing and maybe, you know, doesn't have something right at that low-end price point or maybe, I shouldn't say right at low-end because we think they will have one there, but something just a little bit above that. So, be interesting to see how these third-party or third-tier manufacturer devices fill in around the rest of the Lumia range.
0: Yeah, yeah. Of course, we've got the Yes devices here. We I reviewed them about uh, six months ago, and I wasn't terribly impressed. As you say, the, the hardware was pretty decent, but they're really, really let down by the the software integration and the way the software tied in with the hardware, which you wouldn't expect for a Windows phone. You'd have thought the OS would be more or less locked down for each screen resolution and so forth. But uh, I think Yez just did a very, very poor job in terms of quality control. And I think I expect more from Arcos. They've got a bit more experience and they're certainly a a big brand name in Europe. And so, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing this Arcos device in due course. Um, the, one final story before we uh, finish, Rafe. My camera comparisons are, are legendarily popular. It's way, <laughs> that's why you keep me around, I think. Um, I did get my chance a chance to look at the Moto X Play, and uh, which has the same camera as the Moto X Style. So basically, this, these are the, the 2015 Motorola Android flagships, and their, their cameras at 20 megapixel, um, shooting at 16 megapixel and 16.9 aspect by default, seem to match up so exactly to the likes of the 1520 and 930. I thought, well, I can't resist the, the chance. Do a comparison. Uh, I have to say, Rafe, looking at the to comparison photographs, it really shows again that despite the 1930s age, that those Nokia um, um, engineers, in terms of the, the the Carl Zeiss optics and the. Uh, the, the quality of the algorithms, the quality of the electronics and the image processing—it just—it it kind of knocks spots off Motorola, really. And it's surprising because twenty fifteen sensors in general have been doing very well. The the LG G Four—I mean, LG's engineers obviously know what they're doing and produces stunning results. But uh, the, for example, the HDR mode, um, of course, rich capture in Lumia parlance. Um, it was absolutely terrible on this Motorola device. I, I guess it that this is early days for the Motorola. You could say, well, okay, Motorola will rush out patches for the X Play and the X Style, and they'll they'll fix up HDR. Uh, but even away from HDR, the the photos were still marginally worse than on the Nine Hundred and Thirty, which is almost two years older. So I guess it just goes to show how far ahead of the game Nokia was at one point, and just hope that Microsoft has retained some of that expertise.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. There hasn't actually been much information about what's happened to the, uh, what was the Nokia, now the Microsoft imaging teams. And actually, I think a lot of them have been uh, preserved because uh, some of them are in tempera some of them in Esper, and actually it's some of the other uh, Nokia sites um, that were Salo that have been affected. And then there was Lund, which was from the Scalado uh, acquisition. I haven't seen too much on, uh, and that's about losses around there. I assume there has been some, but I suspect Microsoft realises that you know those people are valuable and perhaps arguably beyond uh, just the Lumia hardware as well. Uh, but yeah, I was pretty shocked looking at this comparison. I mean, Motorola doesn't have the best reputation for cameras, if I you know, can be uh, perhaps a little unkind about Motorola. They've never been great in that department. And I think partly you know, the surprise here is we've been spoilt by the number of manufacturers who have stepped up their game. So you know Samsung and LG, I think, being the, the latest of that, even Sony, to an extent, which always had a very checkered record in in this regard, and then I guess there's also uh, people like HTC, and then some of the uh, you know the the Chinese manufacturers, the likes of Huawei, who, who admittedly we don't see so many of their devices. Um you know, as you say, there's been a lot of 2015 sensors that feel like they've been delivering real quality, but it's always a good reminder that actually it's not just about the hardware. There's a software thing here, and I, I've got to imagine the hardware in the Moto X Play is decent. You know, um, looking at the specifications of it, it appears to be a fairly standard uh, sensor. But, you know, the results speak for themselves, actually, particularly if you look at the uh, comparator that you've done, you know, the 930 is really clearly a long way ahead. And uh, as I say, I think that can only be down to the software processing. And so I think this is more actually a fact that Motorola is lagging behind everyone else, rather than you know, uh, the Lumia range being a long way ahead because we said recently, actually, the 930, it, it's still a very strong camera phone, but arguably things like the Galaxy S6 or um, something like the Note, even the Note from last year, actually, and certainly yeah. the LG G4 uh, are ahead of the 930 in certainly some scenarios. Yeah. It, it's it's kind of marginal because it does depend what you're taking pictures of. So it's going to be really interesting to see kind of the 950 that we we're talking about you know just a few moments ago whether microsoft steps up the imaging capabilities cuz actually that's what we've always seen with the 900 series phones that's where we've seen you know either new camera modules or new bits of software you know if you think last time around it was you know things like uh, rich capture and you know before that it was actually things like oversampling on some of the previous generations or something in the processing or some new unit and it was a 20 megapixel unit and or, or, you know going back in time there's been a pretty good track record of every iteration you're seeing something new and in, in one sense the 930 it's now been quite a while so it's overdue kind of uh, imaging improvement at the top end it'll be really interesting to see where microsoft and lumia comes in after that because on the past record, they might actually be able to outdo to everyone else and do a bit of a leap forward. I think actually this time round the differences will be smaller, just because the improvements at the top end are getting you know it's smaller and smaller. It's sort of marginal gains, but uh, I can't imagine they sat there doing nothing for the last twelve months. And While well, obviously they've worked on having good, good imaging out of the you know things like the 640, those mid tier and even low end cameras, and uh, you know the 640 is a stonking uh, probably gets the title of the bet. Mid-tier camera phone certainly the price point is coming in at. Will the same thing happen at the high end? We'll have to wait and see. Um, but yeah, this this comparison was a good reminder that there are still plenty of uh, models out there where you can you can spend yeah you know, what's a fair bit of money ostensibly a pretty good camera spec and still get some pretty appalling results.
0: Yeah, and of course, uh, at the point I mentioned in the article is that the prices now are roughly equivalent because uh, yeah. the, the X-Play is coming in at about, I think it's 270-something in that region. And that, of course, the, you can get the 930 for that brand new these days from most stockists. So the prices are actually equal, um, obviously because the 930 has come down quite a bit since the launch price. One final thought on that, Ray, because looking at the low light shot I comparison I did, just shows the benefits of OIS. We're now starting to see just about every um, smartphone with a camera over about, I'm going to say, something like 300. Hundred three fifty over that that price tends to come with OIS and its camera and it, that test shot of my uh, the, the, the dashboard of my treadmill really shows the the reason for it. It's 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 not that you can get better shots of moving subjects in low light. My typical bugbear. You you need Zin for that, but let's leave that to one side. Just anything where. You want to take a fairly low light shot indoors, and your hands might be trembling, or the, uh, the the camera itself might be just just vibrating ever so slightly. So you need something just to take out those trembles and let the the shutter stay open for longer. And uh, I think the the, shutter, the exposure difference in the two photographs between the nine thirty and the X play here was something like five times. So the fact that the nine thirty had an OIS enabled, I think, okay really low light, we need a, a much longer exposure, we need more photons of light in the sensor, let's leave it open for you know a third of a second, half a second. And because of that OIS, it enables it to do it. And people often misconstrue what OIS means, but that's a, a really dramatic example of the difference it can make if you look at the one-to-one crops.
1: Absolutely. I mean, OIS, more than anything else, where it has the biggest impact is allowing you to gather more light, which ultimately results in a better picture. And in some senses, I actually think that, One sample image is almost a story of, you know, smartphone cameras over the last few years where there's been this big talk around low light performance in OIS, particularly as kind of the the megapixel race hasn't exactly come to an end, but it's certainly everyone's got to kind of that 20 megapixel or whichever range you choose to use, depending on which device we're talking about. Um, And so there has been more importance on software processing and uh, low light and OIS and actually, that's a perfect example of it done really well and done very
0: badly. Yeah, so I think that's certainly on my must-have list for any any camera phone, any, any smartphone I'm personally going to use from now on, I think. Uh, and probably most of the ones at my desk luckily do have that, so uh, that's good. We're yeah. out of time, Rafe. Um, I know it's at the end of a long day for both of us, so we're going to sign off for now and we'll catch everyone next week and
1: I'll say goodbye. Thank you, Steve. Yes, we'll be back next week. No doubt we'll uh, have some more Windows 10 mobile things to talk about. Probably some more rumours will appear. Maybe we'll talk a little bit more about Continuum and Munchkin because that's actually an accessory that also appears to have leaked this week. And we'll also talk about some apps because there's been a few interesting updates. But uh, we'll save all of that for next week. Have more discussion and chat then. Thanks, as ever, for listening. We always welcome your feedback and questions. Send them through Twitter or email or whichever channel you prefer to use. And it's goodbye from me as well.